Hey guys, it's Alana. I hope things are going well for you. I am here to talk about different motivational types for authors. So this is based on a book by Ruben, <clears throat> Gretchen Rubin, I believe is her name, called The Four Tendencies. It was super interesting to read it. And I wanted to kind of give a quick recap. So basically the premise is that we are all going to be one motivational type out of four and knowing your motivational type is going to really help you with things like time management and setting goals and maintaining good habits because these four types work really, really differently. And so what might motivate somebody of a different type is going to do the exact opposite in motivating you. And so this is just a really neat reminder that productivity and motivation and goal setting, it's not a one size fits all. We've all been made in unique ways. And so I want to dive into the four different types and give tips specifically as they relate to our writing. So that's what we're going to be focusing on. Again, the book that this is based on is The Four Tendencies. I've, I've given different names of what she used for the tendencies, but the, the framework is for sure from her. So really excited to dive into this. I was totally geeking out about this information. Like I probably had a whole week where I was like talking to my husband and my best friend. Like I just was not shutting up about this because it was so, so interesting. So this is going to address reasons why you have a hard time meeting goals and reasons that you get motivated that don't work for other people. So again, we're just going to go through these four personality types and you can figure out based on this, which one really applies to you. And then you can use that information to be way more productive. And it, again, another end goal is really to be more gentle with yourself. So maybe you're the kind of person who has a super hard time meeting deadlines and you just beat yourself up over that. Well, maybe this isn't just like some fundamental flaw in your you know, DNA. Maybe this is just, you haven't been motivating yourself the right way to get it done. So again, oh, my hope is that this is going to be actually very freeing information in helping you understand yourself better better too. So let's dive into real quick, the difference between internal and external motivation. All right. So there are four tendencies, but they all are going to revolve around whether you are motivated to meet internal expectations and or external expectations. So when we talk about internal expectations, these are the expectations that you set on yourself. You set your goal and you do it. You tell yourself, I'm going to exercise for half an hour a day and you do it. These are your internal expectations. So in the writer world, this would be, I'm going to write a chapter a day, or I'm going to have this book done by, you know, October 30, 31st, or oh, I guess Nana's in November, isn't it? By November 30th, that's what I was thinking. You know, these, these are the ways that you meet your internal expectations. And then there's also external expectations, meaning external expectations is, you know, in the writer world, it would be things like, okay, I told my readers I was going to have three books in the series, so I better get the third book out. Or I know readers are really waiting for me to resolve this, you know, tension between my two main characters. So I've got to put that into the next book or even something like I've told Amazon that I would have my pre-order ready by this date. So I'm going to have my pre-order ready by this date in just your everyday life being motivated externally would be things like, okay, your doctor tells you, hey, you need to lose weight. And so that's your wake up call to lose weight. Or maybe you meet with, you know, a buddy to exercise or a writing sprints can be really fun in a group. It's that motivation 
from outside, right? Sometimes external motivation can even be things as simple as, hey, you know, my bank needs me to make my mortgage payment. So therefore I need to sell some books. So these are the external motivations. Okay. So now that we've talked through those, let's go through how they work together to make up your unique motivational personality. So basically people are going to fall into one, um, one quarter of a spectrum, right? So you might be somebody who is really driven to meet external motivations. So you're really, really good at if somebody tells you, hey, I need you to have this done by this date, you're going to get it done. Um, but you're not internally motivated. So like, let's say you, you, when you worked for your boss, you never let your boss down. But now that you're a stay at home writer, you just can't meet your deadlines and you don't know why. Well, that's because your motivation comes externally and it's really hard for you to create internal motivation. There are some people who are the exact opposite. If they decide to do it, they're going to do it, but they don't want other people checking up on them or saying, hey, when is this going to get done? So some people are only internally motivated. Their only motivation comes from what they put on themselves. But once they decide to do something, they're not going to let themselves down. There are some people who are both internally and externally motivated. So they're kind of a combination of both of those. And then the last type is what Ruben Gretsch calls the rebels. They're neither. They don't like to be motivated internally or externally. And it sounds a lot worse than it is, but it's totally fine. And something I should get out there right now, there's there's ways to be 100% successful no matter what your motivational type is. So it's not like there's a correct motivational type or anything like that. It's just a matter of once you know your motivational type, it's going to be so much easier for you to stay motivated and to find what works for you in terms of productivity and everything else. All right. So what I did, this is the only part that's kind of original to me, but I just put animal names to these because they were easier than the names that were listed in the book. They were hard for me to remember. So we're going to go through the animal names and talk specifically how they apply to us as authors. All right. So the most common motivational type are the people who are only externally motivated. These are kind of the chronic people pleasers and you guys make up the bulk of the motivational types. This is a very common type. So I went ahead and called this type the puppy, right? So you really are dependable. You're service oriented. You are going to do everything you can not to let people down. You're great at serving others, but you have a really hard time when nobody else is counting on you. Okay, so if you're in a box set and the organizer of your box set has says, hey, this bundle or, you know, your story in this bundle is due on October 1st, you are going to make sure that your story is due on October 1st because you are so conscientious of other people's feelings that you know what an inconvenience it would be. And one of the worst things in your mind is to let somebody down or disappoint somebody. So if you're a puppy, you are externally motivated and you're going to do everything you can not to let others down. But your struggle is that when it's something that you need to motivate yourself to do, it's really, really, really hard. 
Okay, so this is why you might never miss a deadline if you're writing for a publisher, but you can't seem to motivate yourself to work on your own. Okay, so this really comes up in the author world with deadlines. If you know that nobody's really counting on you to get this book out, there's no deadline, nobody's going to be like disappointed, wagging their finger at you if you miss it, then it's really, really hard for you to get motivated. So my tips for you puppies out there who have this external motivation drive, it's not to just change your motivational personality. It's to find frameworks within the fact you know that you hate letting other people down. So work that in to your deadlines. And so instead of just saying, I need to get this done by November 1st, set up things so that you know other people need you to get it done. So maybe this means you make your announcement to your readers. You know that they're counting on you. Maybe you do something like you book your editor in advance and you tell them, I am going to have this manuscript to you by November 1st. And that way, you know that someone else's schedule is depending on you showing up and doing your work. So these are ways that you can work within your own framework, right? I'm not telling you to just buckle up and tell yourself to do it. I'm telling you, okay, you know that you hate letting people down. And so find people that you can't let down. This could also work really well for like accountability. So having a group that you do writing sprints with or a writing buddy, you know, maybe you both make the commitment, hey, we're both going to write an hour a day. And if we don't do it, we're going to, I don't know, buy the other one coffee, (laughs) you know, or something like that. Having external motivation, right? This is what drives you. And so find ways to get externally motivated. One thing that I did early, early on is I kind of tied some of my writing goals to a charity that I'm super connected to and fond of. So it was kind of like, okay, let's say I write a $60,000, I'm sorry, a 60,000 word manuscript. Um, then once I'm done, I'm going to allow myself to donate $60 to that charity. You know, kind of like how some people will run a marathon for a charity. You could type a marathon for a charity. Find ways, since you know that you're externally motivated, just find ways to create some external motivation. Maybe that means you, you know, you actually meet someone. I've got a neighbor. We It hasn't worked out yet, but what we really want to do is just have a busy work day, right? She's a photographer. I'm an author. We both have just busy work computer things that we need to get done, but they're easy to procrastinate on. So our goal is one day we just want to bring our laptops, meet up and just pound that all out. It's going to be a lot easier if we know we're both kind of working, right? So these are all ways to help you if you are a puppy who is externally motivated. The next motivational type I call the salmon. So these are people who are internally motivated. So for you, it doesn't really matter if somebody else is telling you to do it. But if you have decided in your heart that something's going to get done, it is absolutely going to get done. In the Four Tendencies book, these people are called questioners because they're always questioning. You don't, you're the kind of person who doesn't just take someone else's word for it. So if I were to come to you and say, well, you need to run Facebook ads if you want to be successful, you're not going to be convinced of that just because someone else tells you. You're going to do the research. You're going to look it up. If you happen in your research to become convinced that yes, Facebook ads are the way to be successful, you're going to be all in. But For someone to just come and say, hey, you need to do it this way, that's not going to work for you. Also, it's 
having accountability isn't as great for you. And so since you're internally motivated, if somebody else is trying to like do you a favor, like if, if my best friend was a puppy and she really needed help getting her book done. And I said, okay, I'm going to call you every single night at 6 PM. And I'm going to say, Hey, did you get your book? You know, did you get your word count in for the day for a puppy? That would be amazing help. If you're a salmon though, and I called you every single day and said, Hey, did you get your word count? And you would feel like I was nagging you and be like, Hey, I'm going to get my word count done when I get my word count done. All right. So I lean more towards salmon than puppy. I'm actually going to be talking about the next one. That's more like me, but I, I very much have a lot of salmon characteristics. So like, for example, I realized a couple of weeks ago that I was listening to too many podcasts at night and that I made myself kind of a rule that for the first 30 minutes when I laid down in bed, that was going to be for just prayer and reflection and being quiet. And then if I still wasn't asleep and I really wanted to, then I might put on a podcast and listen to a podcast. I happened to tell my husband that that was what I was going to do. And he was trying to be helpful. But what he would do is sometimes if he saw me like going to get my phone or putting my headphones in, he's like, wait, I thought you weren't going to be listening to podcasts. And now that would be the perfect thing for a puppy, right? Because puppies want to please people. They don't want to let people down. But since for me, I was relying more on my internal motivation. It was, well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to decide who are you to tell me what to do kind of thing. So if you're a salmon, you're probably not going to need as much of that external motivation that we just talked about with puppies. So for example, like having a writer's group for you, it might be kind of annoying, really. Like I've been in accountability groups where it was kind of like, okay, I, I know I'm going to get this done, whether or not I'm in the group or not. And here's a lot of other people who just aren't getting it done. So it it didn't work for me. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get it done if I'm going to get it done. And if I don't get it done, it's because I have a really good reason not to get it done. So that's kind of the, the salmon thing. And if you are a salmon in your writing, the really good thing is that you are internally motivated, which is great. You don't need to rely on that external motivation. This could also mean though, like a salmon, you can come across as kind of stubborn. Sometimes you go against the flow, not for any good reason, but just because you've got this tendency of like, well, who are you to tell me what to do? And so you might, one of your struggles really might be, okay, everybody's telling me that I need to write a series. Who are they to tell me what to do? I'm just going to do standalones. Now, if if you truly, truly, truly want to just do standalones as a salmon, you're going to be great at making up your own mind. But sometimes you might kind of press against the flow, which is why you're called a salmon just because you can, like just to assert your independence where, you know, sometimes people have tried things in the past and know what works. And if someone were to say, Hey, you know what series are easier to make your money back with when you run ads, sometimes that's a good enough reason to do it. But as a salmon, what you can do is you can really embrace your tendency to really love to research things and convince yourself of something. So like taking it to health, if you're a salmon and your doctor says you need to lose weight, you'll be like, okay, yeah, who are you to tell me what to do? But if you started doing the research and saying, okay, these are all the things that are going to happen if you lose weight or drinking more. I'm trying to, this quarter, one of my health goals is just get more hydrated. And just knowing that I should isn't enough to do. I want to really research the health benefits because once I'm convinced that it's a good thing to do, I know I'm going to do it. And so if you're like that as a salmon, you can really lean into your desire to like look into things, dive into things, question things. But then once you become convinced of it being a good de- good idea, then it's going to go really, really well. Because you're internally motivated, you also can do like for your word counts and things like that. 
you, you kind of can write your own rules, right? Because all of your motivation is coming from within. And so like keeping track of your word count, pushing yourself, these are probably better ways to stay motivated than checking in with an accountability group or, you know, having someone call you up and say, Hey, did you get your word counts in? Sometimes even just writing them down. I like to do that. I like to like give myself a check mark. If I'm at my goals for the day, these can work really well if you're a salmon. So the next animal I'm going to talk about is an ant. These are people who are a combination of both internal and external motivation. So the puppies and the salmons are the bulk of the population. And the last two we're going to talk about are each smaller. So I'm actually going through these categories in their order of how common they are in the public. So an ant isn't as common as the others but they have kind of a mix of internal and external motivation. So this is where I fall, although I tend to lean more toward the external. Um, I'm sorry, more toward the internal. I share more characteristics with a salmon than with a puppy, but I, I do have a combination of both. So if you are an ant, you probably know that you're an ant because you're just, you're really good at checking things off lists. You're really good at getting things done. You don't let yourself down. You don't let other people down. Also, because you're an ant, as opposed to a puppy who is so wrapped up in trying to please everybody, if you're an ant, you have a better, you do a better job having some self boundaries. And so you're less likely to get totally overwhelmed. Your struggle as an ant is probably going to be more in the workaholic area, right? Whereas if you're a puppy, which the bulk people are who, who really want to please others, your one of your biggest struggles could be just total burnout. Okay. Because you're just doing, doing, doing for other people and not focusing on yourself. Since an ant has both internal and external motivation, you're better at listening to yourself. You guys just heard me talk about, okay, I, I made it a goal to drink more. Okay, that's a very ant thing to do. Whereas other personality types or motivational types will be like, okay, I'm gonna drink when I'm thirsty, right? Ants are goal-driven. And so our biggest struggle really can be getting into the like workaholic kind of mode. And... Another problem for ants, especially as authors, is we can be so wrapped up in checking things off lists that we like forget to go out and like have a life. <laughs> and so it, to be a writer, you really do, whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction, you really do need to be like out in the world. You need to be talking to people so that you have like just real world experience, right? Like I wanted to be a novelist from the time I was like three years old. So I remember being 20 being like, why haven't I written my novel yet? And I look back at myself at 20 and I'm like, well, the reason you didn't write a novel is because you just, you didn't have enough life experience. Okay. So if you're an ant, your tendency is going to want to be to just work, 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 work. And the good news is you've got systems in place that will kind of help keep you from burnout. I'm not saying ants don't get burned out for sure, but you you might not run into the same problem as a puppy of like getting totally overwhelmed, but your problem really can be just you're so driven that you don't know when to step back. Okay. But as an ant, since you are good at just setting goals and keeping goals, I would say, hey, lean into that. Set your goals. I just finished my quarterly goals. I've got goals for the rest of the year word count goals, health goals, finance goals, go ahead and just dive into that because you're really, really good at setting those. Um, the other thing with ants that you need to be aware of is just not to let your kind of drive to be busy and productive 
overwhelm your creative side, right? So it's always going to be a balance. I really feel like we need to protect our creativity, honor our muse. You know, some people aren't comfortable with putting it in those kinds of terms, but I really do feel like we need to protect our creativity. And sometimes if we're so wrapped up in just getting things done, that's hard to do. So if you're an aunt, take time off. You sit, Ants are, are the kind of people who like schedule everything. So if you're an aunt, you'll want to schedule your time off in advance. And yeah, so just be careful that you're not working yourself so hard that you're jeopardizing your relationships or your health or your creativity. And other than that, just, you know, lean in to the, to the good habits that you've, you've got to get things done. And last, we're going to talk about the cats. If you're a cat, you're the smallest percent of the population and you don't like meeting internal or external expectations. Okay. So you share a lot of characteristics with the salmon that we talked about, kind of this, who are you to tell me what to do, right? That's totally you. But your problem is also that you don't like telling yourself what to do. And so if you're a cat, um, in, in the four tendencies book, you're called a rebel. If you're a cat, you, the extreme example of a cat would be somebody who, even if you set your own goal, sometimes you'll feel so trapped and you'll decide to not make that goal happen just because you can. I share a little bit with cats just because like I said, I'm more of a salmon. I don't like the external um, motivation. I don't rely on that as much. So here's an example of something cat-like that I did once. I've got this um, app that helps you with like, you know, breathing techniques, relaxation, stuff like that. And they keep track. And once you do 30 days in a row, like nothing amazing happens. They just give you a little badge. Like it shows up on your screen and says, Hey, you just did 30 days in a row. Okay. I'm an ant. So I'm very motivated. If I say, I'm going to do this app every day, I'm going to do that app every day. But on day 29, when I realized they were like one more day and you get this badge, I was like, well, I don't want your stinking badge. And so I deliberately skipped day 29 just so that I wouldn't like rely on getting a, you know, a pat on the back. It's a very cat-like thing to do. You're like, you know, again, who are you to tell me what to do? But the other problem that cats run into is you have a hard time, even if you're the one telling yourself what to do. And so, for example, if you say, I'm going to go on a diet, the very next day, you might like order a whole pizza and eat that plus a gallon of ice cream just to prove to yourself that you've got the freedom. Okay. So if you're a cat, your biggest drive really is to be constantly asserting your freedom and your independence. So this is great for a creative mind. It truly, truly is. It's hard for habit forming, but it's great for creativity because you are always going to be thinking outside of the box. You're going to be doing things just to prove people wrong when they say you can't. So if somebody says, oh, you can't make money without running ads on Amazon, you're going to say, oh, you know what? Watch me. And sometimes that can be really good because you don't need to follow the crowd right? You're going to be so, so free of that. And so one thing as a cat is you really, really, really want to have freedom to make your own choice in the moment. So I'm not even saying I'm going to make up my mind to write a thousand words every day at 9am. That's not a good idea if you're a cat, because not only do you balk against external expectations, but you also balk against your own internal expectations. And so you don't want to feel stifled and you don't want to feel like you've got to be committed to something indefinitely. And so you are going to be the kind of person who is going to be more apt 
to write when creativity hits. Maybe you're the kind of person who like, once you get that idea, you're going to go with it until it's done. And then you're going to, you know, sit back and wait for the next big idea to hit you. Um, this is okay, right? You, you might be more prone to shiny object syndrome. And instead of fighting that, maybe it's time to just go with it. So find a way to have the freedom in your schedule that when you're ready to write, you're ready to write. So I know I've used a lot of exercise examples, but a lot of the same type of discipline that comes from writing is the same kind of discipline that goes into exercise. So an example of what really works well for a cat for exercise that um, is mentioned in the book, The Four Tendencies. There was a cat in the book, they're called Rebels, who never... They, they just knew that if they set a goal, I'm going to be at the gym every day at eight. It just wasn't going to work. So what they did is they just kept their gym bag in their car so that when the whim hit them, they were going to go work out. And sometimes that might be the gym. Sometimes that might be a walk. Sometimes that might be, you know, pick up basketball. But basically, if you're a cat, you want the freedom to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Now, there are obviously like societal confines to that. And cats work fine in that, you know, like you're, you're totally fine. Like you, just because you're a cat, it doesn't mean you're going to, you know, break the law just to prove that you can, right? But when it comes to just your time management and your motivation, the things that really are important to you is having freedom. And so don't impose deadlines on yourself and don't let other people impose deadlines on you, but really embrace the fact that when your muse shows up, your muse is totally, totally there. Okay. Now, some people listening to me talking to cats are going to freak out. And, and as an ant, like the exact opposite of a cat, I, I kind of freak out with that because for me, it's like, well, what happens then if your muse never shows up? But if you're a cat, it's going to work out for you. I, I, I'm convinced that it's going to work out for you because you are so free from all these other expectations that that allows you to be insanely creative. Okay. So don't beat yourself up no matter what personality type you are. Don't beat yourself up or wish that you were another personality type. Every single one of these motivational types can be a hundred percent successful in what they do. You just need to motivate yourself in different ways. So like if you're a parent, you might understand this. If like, so we have three kids. If we want three kids to do, to make a drastic life change, we're going to find ways to motivate them in different ways because, you know, nobody's exactly the same. And so this is just a way to look at it that depending on what motivates you, you can find ways to work within that no matter what motivational type you are. So I hope that this was helpful. Like I said, I spent like weeks geeking out over this. It was super, super interesting. Um, and again, it can be a good way to remind ourselves to just be gentle, right? With ourselves. So maybe you always are beating yourself up because you're like, I cannot for the life of me set a word count goal and stick to it. Okay. Well, maybe that's because you're a puppy who only relies on external motivation. And so maybe what you need to do is just find someone to be accountable to, or even an app that you can be accountable to, you know, did you write your word count today? If your app, you know, you can have habit tracking apps or goal setting apps. And sometimes if you're a puppy, that's enough of an external motivation. Or maybe you've, you've heard that you need to write a thousand words a day, every single day at the exact same time, but you're a cat. And so you like the thought of doing the exact same thing every single day, no matter what freaks you out that's okay. So again, I hope this was helpful for you and interesting and we will talk to you guys later.